Welcome to Gain That Tune. What's going on, everybody? It's Game That Tune, and we are once again back in the house. It's your boy, John Harrington, here. We've got John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. We got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. And we got the August Absurdity Champion, David Fleming, King of the Show. Say hey. Hey. Hell yeah, guys. Welcome back. It's Game That Tune, GTT. First GTT of 2023, guys. New year. Same bullshit. It's uh, so good to be back with you guys. If you're uh, just joining us here after a fantastic holiday, welcome back. Happy to have you. Uh, wait, no. Welcome to the show for the first time. Uh, you know, happy to have you. Hope your holiday was great. Hope you spent your holiday money on Patreon. Um, but uh, yeah, what we're going to do here is listen to some video game tunes. What we've done is uh, we've each brought three songs from a game. We're going to try and guess each other's games based on the songs, a little bit of trivia. We're going to goof off. We're going to have a lot of fun. The winner at the end of the night picks the theme for our next episode and plays some bonus tunes. And our winner, before our holiday hiatus, was uh, the fantastic John Regan. John <laughs> Regan, who had what? the best holiday out of all of us, won the show and... Then we went away for a little while. <laughs> I won the so. show, and then I lost Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Literally yeah, stolen we, we, from my doorstep. You really should... We should have thought about that. It is the classic Christmas tradition. Whoever wins Game That Tune has a ruinous Christmas <laughs> immediately thereafter. Um, so we gotta we got to remember to have a guest on or something. Pass that curse yeah. on to them. <laughs> it's like it but, follows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... Um, so Johnny, you uh, you got to pick the theme before we uh, before we went on break. So uh, tell everybody what the theme is for tonight's episode. Three, two, one, zero. Are you ready? Game that tune. Replay. You don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but would you like to go down this pony hole? Electro Kong. You didn't want to go down the pony hole, but did you want to jump on it? Let's do it. Ride it. My pony. <laughs> My saddle. Baby. Coming. Jump on it. Donk Ock. We like him thick. Does your mom and teacher not know how to treat you? Well, get some <laughs> wild, wild blasters. Americong Chavez. England has been a part of significantly larger roses. Wait, so I still don't know if that's that for the microwave stack or the sex move. Jesse, do you have some obscure tangent you'd like to take us on? Not yet. Venom Kong? Is there any room for me in those jeans? Yeah. It's good. Downright uh, manageable free play jingle starting us off in 2023. It's a new year, and it's uh, it's no theme tonight. It's free play, baby. You know, bring anything you like. So, uh, man, what a show it's going to be. 
Um, I uh, I can't wait to see what you guys brought because you know uh, none of you guys got me a Christmas present, so I assume that uh, this week's show will be like a late Christmas present for uh, for all of us. So you know, I hope that uh, hope the tunes I- are good. And the, I, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I got you a Christmas present. I think somebody must have stolen it off of your front porch. Mm. Yeah, I don't have a weird spy camera in my doorbell like some people, so I don't know if that happened. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun show. So I hope the 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 music is fantastic and the the intent is uh, you know sp- uh, spirit of loving and togetherness. That's uh, that's what I'm going for post Christmas. So uh, Johnny, I guess just start it up, man. What's game one? Game one. So trivia for this game, which I feel like the trivia might be a giveaway. Uh, This is the first game in this series that was a system launch title in 16 years. 
Hey, Johnny, play that hat trick. What makes you think Johnny knows this? Oh. It uh, looks like we have a hat trick. What makes you think Jesse knows this? Everyone says New Super Mario Brothers U, which is correct. Yeah, see, Jesse had to add the U, David. You, you shouldn't presume that anybody knew this or enjoyed this music. Just for the record. I'm, I'm getting a sense that you do not enjoy the music of this game. Well, it sounds pretty, pretty terrible in my ears. You know, the, the singing Baby Yoshis, the Baby Yoshis are quite cute, but the singing is not desirable to listen to. I apologize. I thought it was kind of charming. Ruining that spirit of togetherness and loving post-Christmas, David. How could you? I just wanted to, um... The only baby that I want to hear about post-Christmas is Jesus. You know, little infant Jesus. Only a few days old. Plus, you know, a couple thousand years, give or take. I don't well, you know, Jesus and, Jesus and Mario have a lot in common, really. What, okay, but no, you know, more importantly, what does Jesus have in common with baby Yoshi? Uh, they're both babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both have incredible power within them. Um, mm. Christ obviously being the son of God and Yoshi's being able to eat literally anything. Right. Do we know anything about Christ's powers of eating? Um, I don't think it's in the Old Testament. Let me check the New Testament. Um, and also I'm going to have to check. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe both might be dinosaurs. Mm. Where's Ray it, when you need him? It's a, it's really a yin and yang kind of thing. Um, so Yoshi can eat an unlimited amount of food, and Jesus can provide an unlimited amount of fish and bread. So, That's true. So basically, a, you have a perpetual a energy creation system here by pairing a baby Jesus and a baby Yoshi together. You God, can we solve, need them both. Yeah, all the world's problems. Yeah, if baby Jesus and baby Yoshi would just finally come together. Yeah. And Yoshi, Yoshi likes to work with blue-collar people. I mean, Mario's a plumber and Jesus is a carpenter. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my new philosophy. There needs to be constant balance between the two forces of the universe, Jesus and Yoshi. Yes. What would Yoshi do? Also, don't you guys go to Mario Eat. Mass on Christmas Eve? Uh, no, I go to Mario Mass on March 10th. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm always saying, Yoshi, take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Not just <laughs> Mario Kart. to drive go-karts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you know, anyway, we got away from the fact that they're both babies. But you know, more importantly, we've gotten away from the new Super Mario Brothers U. A uh, perfectly fine entry in the new Super Mario Brothers series. <laughs> I'm kind of on record of not being the biggest fan of the new Super Mario games, but I uh, recently went back and played some of New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe plus New Super Luigi U featuring Dante from Devil May Cry now with Funky Mode. Um, and you know, like, the game is... It's better than I remembered it when it was on the Wii U. I mean, obviously the Switch port added stuff, but like... You know, the level designs are actually really fun. And there's some standout levels. There's the the one where the background looks like a Vincent Van Gogh painting. There's the um, the snow one that's set in uh, night where you're, like, jumping from the spinning star planets. Like, this game had some cool moments. 
Can we break character for a second here? I don't know enough about um, New Super <laughs> Brothers re-releases. Like, did they really put Dante from Devil May Cry in the Switch port of this game? No. They did, oh. however, add uh, Toadette into the Switch port, mm. who could get a special crown that would turn her into basically Dante? Peach. Because <laughs> that would know when we that would have been a bold move. Yeah, Toe Dante, the uh, <laughs> the Dante Toadette crossover, <laughs> sexy. <laughs> um, Let us know when we can get back in character, Johnny. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, what character were you breaking? Your your character is lacking knowledge of most <laughs> games. It was perfectly fine for you to stay in character and ask the question. <laughs> like, I didn't think there was uh, any break there at all. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I just want to take a moment to break character here. I really enjoy Splatoon. <laughs> oh right. my god, dude. That game is so fun. Immersion ruined, David. Honestly, when Johnny said he was going to break character, I thought he was going to like say something li like really specific about this game that like you, know, you would have to know by playing it. And I was, you know, like, oh, here it comes. You know, Johnny actually, you know, held a Wii U controller at some point. No, you know, in World no. Six, that one castle. Oh. Right? Did you guys ever, you know, do the secret exit in World Six and get fired out of the cannon and blah blah? Yeah. You know. Did you guys know that New Super <laughs> Brothers U, the trees and the bushes are the same sprites? Oh. See, it's funny that you mentioned that because this is the first HD Mario game, so there are no sprites. Mm-hmm. And I think you mean the, the clouds in the bushes, Johnny. <laughs> oh, what did I say? <laughs> the trees in the bushes, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what are trees if not large bushes? All right, let me get back well, into Well, they're the not the same sprite. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot different. Yeah, the, tr the trivia about that, David, is that they're not the same sprite. The trees are distinct from the bushes. No, if one falls I'm on not you, it hurts sprites, a lot I'm more. talking about the actual plants. Like... Well, no, we're talking about sprites, baby. Don't talk about actual plants. If a... but, you know, this video game <laughs> not show. Not on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking David Greenthumb over here. We know. touched grass a few episodes back, and we yeah. saw how good that went. Mm-hmm. Fucking horticulturist over here trying to educate us on the difference between trees and sh bushes. Okay. So it's funny that you say that because trees and bushes are very much not the same thing. You're the one that said they were! No. I know! I think that I'm was the one that joke. said they were. <laughs> oh, wait, okay, when are we back in character, guys? You guys are yeah, flipping guys, and flopping. You know, I don't know who's who. New year, all kind of crazy character work going on. I'm not playing what? a fucking yeah. character here. Anyway, that you know, you want me to break character? Fucking press a button on that soundboard again. So yeah, um, I wanted to start the year with a Mario game because I love Mario, and we haven't used this one. Now we have. Mm-hmm. And so I think that says it all. Your big, you stand, your big, big thing on this is that it's not as bad as you remember, and there are two cool levels. How many levels are in the game, David? <laughs> Okay, there were two that stuck out to me, like, that I remember distinctly. There were more cool levels. There was the jungle with all the giant enemies. There was the fucking, even the first level with the giant, like, acorn tree that gave you the super acorn because you get a flying squirrel suit. Mm-hmm. I like how easy it is to find that big acorn. It's, you know, it's just right there. You don't have to search for it. You can just spot it, grab it, and then it's off to the races. You're having fun. All kinds of new fun with that uh, Super Acorn. Um, 
I like the like the flying squirrel suit. It's in no way a very silly, unusual iteration of the uh, raccoon and tanuki suits. It's definitely its own worthwhile thing. <laughs> I also I do like that. I mean, you hate them singing, but I do like the baby Yoshi's because you get the baby Yoshi that spits bubbles. So it's kind of like Bub and Bob from Bubble Bobble. Cute. And then there's the one that inflates to a giant balloon and lets you like jump extra high. Uh huh. Adorable. Yep. And the flashlight one. I mean, the flashlight one was fine. Yeah, he, he ate a little glowing berry or whatever. Fucking made him made him a flashlight. Well, that's cute. That's clever, David. Yeah, that's a standout level. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I like the baby Yoshi's and the you know the use of them. I just man, it, I I wish instead of them singing in a kid's chorus over the level music that like you know when you're riding Yoshi you get an extra like drum beat in the game maybe as the babies you get a little tinkling xylophone or uh like a like a hi-hat and cymbals or something instead of a you know like a drum beat I don't I don't know but uh, I think the, the instrument you're looking for is a recorder it could be <laughs> you know uh, I, I'm just saying something better than constant chorus of baby noises whatever the fuck you want to call what that did to the music i just think there's a there's a more elegant musical solution yeah much like i think we talked about it when we talked about new super mario brothers 2 when it's like it's in coin mode and they just added like the constant clanging of money and it's like there had to be a better way to do this than just literally take the previous new super mario brothers music and add an extra layer of noise to it like i feel like this doesn't you know I don't know. They, they weren't creative enough musically. I wanted to. I wanted it to be a musical, you know. I don't know. Change more so than just adding a, fil- a, a layer of excess noise. I mean, I I kind of feel like that sums up the new Super Mario Brothers games, where you just take what came before and add like one new thing and then call it a day. Yeah. Uh, so the, in the uh, Switch port of this, did they get rid of the mechanics that you could only do using the Wii U gamepad, like drawing extra platforms in the game? Is that just gone? You know, to be honest, I don't know because I didn't check that part. I just played through the single player. Makes sense. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. Why why or how anybody would ever enjoy five-player Super Mario Brothers. Ugh. In which one player is not playing but pl- drawing platforms to help the other players as though these Mario levels aren't hard enough for fucking like you know you your wife or girlfriend and like a kid anyway now you got somebody drawing platforms that can get in your way <laughs> uh, I was going to say I could <laughs> I could imagine five player Super Mario Brothers being really fun what I can't imagine is five player Super Mario Brothers with four playable characters I mean, yeah, five-player Super Mario Bros. And, again, one person can somehow alter the level in the, you know, like, ruin the momentum of the level <laughs> by just, oh, there's a platform in front of you now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I can help you with that jump. I'll put a platform in the right place. It's never in the right place. Never does the platform end up in the right place. Um, a novel I feel like- idea. I feel like the multicolored toads were kind of a, a cop-out, too. Super cop-out. They could have had some other better characters. And so that's why they got Toadette in this one, yes? Uh, yes. That's good. I, yeah, I feel like also 
they could just swap in some other playable characters. I mean, like, they don't all have to have unique playstyles. The colorful toads sure didn't. Uh, but, you know, I, I know a couple of guys, uh, you know, this uh, this old gay couple, they play tennis together. Uh, they, they uh, Wario and Waluigi, that's who I'm thinking of. Um, they're just sitting on the sidelines, not participating in platforming at all. You know, if they if they need some new characters to add, why not Gino? Why not Who? Mallow? <laughs> let's, what? Let's bring in some of the Mario RPG shit. Let's kick it up a level. Did we break character again? I'm yeah. not sure what, what's going on. What is this character work you're doing here, John? Naming characters from Mario RPG. And new Super Mario Brothers games where the four playable characters were Mario, Dr. Mario... Paper Mario, and then like arcade Donkey Kong Mario. Okay, jump, Ooh, jump, jump man. man. <laughs> oh, okay, that would be cool. Yeah, I'm I mean, down. I, here's money. It's weird. You look at just how many characters are in like Mario Kart now, and it's like, man, you guys came up with Mario, Luigi, and two Toads for the new Super Mario Brothers game, huh? That's uh, that's all you had. I mean, obviously you can't play as like you know the Koopa Kids. They're they're bad ca- uh, bad guys, but like uh, I don't know. I feel like you could pull somebody. <laughs> yeah, Dante. Yeah, uh, baby Mario. <laughs> I really hope the next new Super Mario Brother game features Pink Gold Peach. What about just playing as a, a Yoshi with no one riding him? Has anybody yeah. ever considered that? You know, free Yoshi. But if free you free. hatch a Yoshi, would you ride a Yoshi as Yoshi? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I was just checking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, Yoshi's you know that hatch out of eggs support people. But the Yoshi that you would play as would be some kind of, uh, I don't know, like a like, super you know, Yoshi. Be genie from Aladdin, but you know, without the wristbands on. Yoshi, he would have no saddle on. He would just be a free man at that point. You know, Yoshi Freeman. <laughs> like he has his own sock and everything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's a house elf. <laughs> house Yoshi. <laughs> Finally releasing my house Yoshi. Oh, God, yeah. Yabby. Um, <laughs> Yabby. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, you know, I uh, I also you know used to be a defender of this game. I haven't played it in a long time, but I, I like the new Super Mario Brothers games. They're they're fine. The, the the gameplay is fun until you try to do it multiplayer, at which point it becomes not fun. Um, but no, I think they're they're solid, you know, two D platforming games. I, I wish they would make them much more frequently and much more good. Um, but I don't know. What are you gonna do? Yeah, they don't want to do these anymore. They just want to keep porting stuff. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens if Nintendo releases another console. Maybe we're going to get a fresh wave of, like, actual new things. They won't have their failed system to pull things forward from to put on their new system. They're going to have to actually make some hot-ass new games. So, maybe soon. New Super Mario Bros. Switch Deluxe. I'd play it. I, I will play it. Gladly. Anything else on uh, on New Super Mario Bros.? You, David? No. Fun game. Sure is. Game two.
All right. Um, so this game has many references to other uh, role-playing games and um, anime and such. Um, one of one of which references is um, the opening sequence of one of the characters being woken up by his mother in a house very much like the one from Chrono Trigger. Um, one of the characters section in the first chapter is basically a big reference to the Millennial Fair, which is also from Chrono Trigger, um, including a race in which you can bet on the different racers and take different uh, hints from NPCs. So, um, Johnny drew, um, looks like a policeman on a dick with, uh, something coming out of it. I think the dick is Yoshi. 
Yeah, that will. Oh, I see. That will okay, use Mario. Yeah. That okay. That's his tongue. Okay, that's incorrect. Um, John, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. That's incorrect. And David with the correct answer, Chained Echoes. Uh. <laughs> this is uh, Chained Echoes. It um, came out. I want to say yeah, this month. Or no, last month in December, um, and like it was quickly uh, very enjoyed. Um, it's I've already dumped like fifteen plus hours into it. It's a great RPG if you like classic RPGs. Um, it's so def- it's Go it's ahead. not that uh, it's not that Switch game um, where you're no, playing no. as like the future police with the, uh, no, the extra dimensional that. stuff That's- going on. Uh, what is that? Astral ah, Chain. Okay. No. And it's not it's... A, a remake of the GameCube sequel to Metroid Prime? No, it is not. Okay, just check it. No, this is... Mm, two Chains, yes. Two Chains. Uh, so close, David. You almost nailed it. <laughs> no, this is, uh, this is real cool. It's, um... Whoever made this game loves, loves, loves RPGs because they're just borrowing from everything. Um, there's so many. Like, the art style, um, it's like if um, you saw the guy that was drawing the Final Fantasy Tactics uh, art and, like, the guy next to him was trying to copy it. Um, so it looks okay, but it's like, I see exactly what you're going for. But you're not that guy, if that if that makes sense. Like it's still good, but you see what he's trying to do, and you there's a clear difference between his uh, finished product and their finished product. Mm. Um, I can see. That. I, I'm also looking at some <clears throat> screenshots now. It's got a secret of mana look to it. Yeah, the, I mean the sprite work is is great. Um, yeah, it's cool monsters. Um, uh, one of the cool things, this is a real quick, this is a tiny minor spoiler, just something I thought was really cool. You fight a mimic in the game, and typically mimics are just treasure chests with yeah. like teeth and stuff. Good bite. <laughs> yeah, well, this mimic um, was a windmill, and um, <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Um, now, how does that work? You know, like, what is a mimic acting as a windmill? Like, what's the trick there? Like, well, there was a kid crying. He said that um, a windmill was bullying him, and no one believed him. Awesome. And so then we strolled up on the windmill, and like the windmill uh, was like, "Oh, you figured me out!" And you have to fight it. And, and now it's um, a like a a, a building sized windmill. Yeah, yeah, it's a wi- it's a big yeah. thing. Not like a uh, I don't know like no, a windmill, like a, like a mini golf course or no. like a you know like a small like farm windmill. I'm talking about a fucking a Dutch looking windmill. Yeah, that turns out it is alive like, and like, wants to fight you. <laughs> like the things Don Quixote would want to fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just Damn it! Dope. <laughs> you beat uh, me. And... I was gonna say this little kid was crying. This windmill attacked me, and nobody <laughs> believes me. Except Don Quixote. It's okay, little Donnie. We'll take care of that windmill. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so cool. So mimic windmill. <laughs> uh, weird, awesome. But, but, but there's like uh, there's like mech suits in it, like steampunk like mech suits. Sweet. Um, so like there's airships and stuff. There's magic. So it's like an interesting fantasy world. Got a little bit um, of everything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's super cool. Uh, 
the writing has been surprisingly like decent like a lot of times it's getting me to like smile or even laugh out loud at some of this stuff um so like they're doing a good job with that too the combat is probably i will uh, it's kind of challenging at times like some the like just you would think an easy battle like you roll up on like two ghosts in like a mine you're like oh two ghosts i got this and then you're like wow this is my seventh try at fighting two fucking ghosts and Sweet. then you figure out like a one thing you could be doing different that changes the whole battle i like um, that yeah yeah they're so like uh, all the battles are kind of um I don't want to say puzzly, but like, you know, there's th- kind of like a trick. Like, you know, this this particular fight, you should definitely just kill one thing at a time. That way, you can, you know, focus your attacks and get rid of them. You know, right. or and this so one. Yeah, also, the kind of thing that if you look at a guide in advance of knowing this, it kind of spoils it for you. You got to figure this stuff out, and part of the fun is in learning it a little bit. Not necessarily, but yeah, I can see that. I'm just um, saying, like, yeah, there's a difference. Like, you know, like, yeah. think about old games. It's like, yeah, yeah. When have I not known how to, like, do the elemental shit in, like, Secret of Mana? It's pretty straightforward. It's like, you know, there was yep. a time when I was young and I fucking struggled with that shit. So, like, if, uh, you know, this game were the same, I, you know, it's like, yeah, I kind of, I like a little bit of trial and error. I don't like it to be frustrating or, like, dumb. I don't like it to be some yeah. random thing. It's like, oh, yeah, you forgot to equip, like, this bead that prevents you yeah. from losing the battle. Like, needs to make sense and you know be something you can kind of intuit your way into <laughs> yeah wait you mean you didn't equip the bead <sighs> i mean who would equip Idiot. a bead who would receive I who would, keep at least four or five of them who would want a bead as a gift that was very well done jesse thank you um, um but yeah this <laughs> it's it's a cool game uh you can pet every dog and cat so far um, That's which good. is a huge plus in all video games. Yeah. Like, also, why... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm seeing in the images. Is there a dog in your party? I, if there is, I haven't got him yet. Okay. Um, you have. You can have up to eight characters. I only have six at the moment. Ah. So. I'm just noticing there's um, like a little uh, little Sheba in the official artwork, and then in one of the images, uh, it appears the dog is standing with your party with their weapons drawn. I'm like, now we're talking, baby. Oh, <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. So, spoilers, sorry, Jesse, you might be getting no, the dog No, that's soon. fine. That's that's <laughs> wonderful. Like, this, so far, this game just every you know it just keeps on giving. Like the, um, like this last dungeon I was in, it was cri- it's it's weird. It's like a thing I haven't really experienced before. Um, like it's just one big like boss fight. Like, but you're on this mine car and you can check the map at any time. And so there's controls, and if you want to switch which way you're gonna go, then you have to attack that part of the control to make it so. Oh, I'm gonna go east now. And so you have to plan your uh, attacks because if you don't and you end up keep going straight and you don't make the right turn, you'll just fly off into a pit and have to start over. And so, like, you have to plan your attacks around, okay, I have to make sure this guy switches it to, to go west or we're going to die. Or if we go west, um, there's going to be a healing buff right there and it'll heal us and then we can keep fighting this thing until we escape out. And um, so, like, I thought so far the boss fights have been pretty uh different and interesting which is cool. which is cool um, yeah 
it's it's a really neat RPG that just like if you if you like RPGs, it's like like it's like putting an arm around you saying, I'm right there with you, buddy. I like RPGs too. And See, you're like, I, yeah. That's the thing looking at it, it's like, you know, I I used to obviously, you know, like RPGs. I, you know, I don't know, I feel like some RPGs have gotten a little complicated. I mean, games just kind of evolve and get iterated upon and things like that, and there's just there's a lot of a lot of things that keep me from liking some of the modern RPGs, but like if this is just like a really well done like classic RPG in the style of like a you know, sixteen bit or a like a PlayStation One era RPG without a whole lot of modern you know, I don't know, I feel like there's just too much like crafting fluff. and bull crap and fluff. You know, like I feel like this could be super duper up my alley. I'm I'm you know, really happy to learn about this. <laughs> There, there is a little bit of the, like crafting stuff. Like you find crystals and stuff, and you can right. put them in weapons. But like, it hasn't been like a focus or anything for me. I just, when I see a crystal, I pick it up. Uh, whenever I am near an anvil, I there's like a thing where you could just combine all of them together, and then you can just slot them if you can. And so it's, it's not like too much, like, yeah. You know, busy work. Um, that's the game. It's, it's eventually, it just becomes like, you know, forgetting what I've got in my inventory and what combines to make what. And then by the time I remember to, like, craft something awesome, it's, like, way past the time of needing it or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, the crafting, I think, really is wearing me out in a lot of games. But Not just, that crafty. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, this one definitely doesn't focus on the crafting and stuff. It's more, more of figuring out the best way to, like, go about fighting stuff. Um, oh, okay, so in the battle, um, you're building up this little bar on the top, and once you get into the like this one section, all your attacks uh, do more damage, and you take less damage. But every every time you do a, a, an attack or an ability, it, uh, it keeps moving, and you can overheat. But it also lets you know if you do a specific attack now, it'll move back down a little bit. So, like, you're also trying to uh, keep yourself, your party in the sweet spot um, where you can do more damage and um, also not take as much damage. So there's also, like, a little bit of, like, oh, uh, now it's telling me I have to do a healing ability um, to keep my over, you know, overdrive going. So I guess I got to do this. Or you could just ignore it and just keep moving down, it, you know, so it's kind of like a little mini game in the battle to, you know, to keep yourself in the optimal. But sometimes you're going to go over and you can't help it. And there's stuff to so you can get back into it. Sounds cool, man. Sounds like, uh, you know, like you said, there's something kind of fun and unique in each of the like battle situations. And, um, I'm pretty sure it's on Switch also. Yeah, it is. I hope it um, is. This, this uh. game is actually on my wish list because... Um, uh, Nintendo Life did a review and said like it's one of the best RPGs of the last couple years and I was reading about it apparently the guy who made it like is a huge RPG van and he spent like seven years making this game wow so he put a lot of love into it yeah it's you can you can tell it's it's just dripping it's great yeah the guy just drove around and opened his doors and played RPGs with random kids that's what you're saying sounds good that's what I like to do. There's an RPG van. Yep. Just making sure I heard that right. That's a I think... fan. Oh, boy. Game three. <laughs>
guys uh so this game's soundtrack and graphical style are heavily influenced by the game boy which was called quote sly and deliberately deceptive quote to hide the brutal difficulty to finish uh finishing up writing your answers i'd like to thank our uh request this is our fan request and i'd like to thank our requester this week model madness who placed this request in our discord you can get the link to our discord from gamethatune.com let's see your answers all right so jesse wrote dwarf fortress which is incorrect uh david and john both wrote tower of heaven which is correct this is tower of heaven a game uh, released in 2009 for Windows and then ported to Flash in 2010, uh, which is impressive. I thought Flash was kind of dead by then. Um, it's an interesting game where uh, it's Game Boy style graphics and you're trying to make your way to the top of a tower. Uh, and, and throughout the game, a like strange, angry deity keeps giving you um, 
new laws you have to follow as you go. Um, so one of the first laws you run into is uh, you can no longer touch yellow blocks. Uh, at one point, you can't touch the side of blocks. You know, at another point, you can't go left, which is probably the most bullshit one. Um, so in that game, the second you hit left, you just die, and then you start the level over. There's no lives. Uh, instead, each level has a timer um, to try to encourage you to get. It's like so you, you have to beat that level in a timer, otherwise you just start over. And it's a pretty quick time. You got you got to book it. Um, and it's a pretty interesting game. The soundtrack is pretty dope. The soundtrack is by uh, Flashy Goodness, and it's it's just awesome. I, I I am digging the soundtrack a lot. Um, yes, as somebody who likes. Game Boy soundtracks. Um, the soundtrack sounds great. Yeah, and this game gets—I mean, it gets fucking hard as you, as you go. Um, I feel like there's a lot for gangers left. Uh, can't touch the size of blocks, and oh, at a certain point, you can't touch anything living. So throughout the game, there's like grass on the ground and butterflies floating around. At one point, like you can't touch those anymore, and uh, that also makes it incredibly difficult. Like there's levels where you're. Um, you know, having to like dot basically dodge a bunch of shit as you try to get to the end. Uh, not not just your standard like you know spikes and all that. Yeah, I'm sorry to say I've not played this, but I I know of it because there's actually in Rivals of Ether there's a Tower of Heaven stage, um, and it does the same thing where like rules will come up and like as you're fighting suddenly you can't use certain platforms or you'll take damage. Yeah. That's fun. It's like a WarioWare stage. Yeah, somewhere at WarioWare yeah, stage. Yeah. And then, um... There's something else. Uh, oh, yeah, so, uh, spoiler alert for, uh, you know, what, 14-year-old game now. Um, at the end of the game, it's revealed that the whole tower was just, like, an artificial design and needs to be destroyed. Like, it's a whole little meta thing where it's like yeah there's a reason for you to climb this and we're gonna destroy it now and the game's over you're done like it's kind of a little i don't know one of those endings that at the time a lot of viewers are writing like this is turning platform games on its head like was, oh my god <laughs> you know this is i bet it did <laughs> it was like you know looking back i was like eh, i mean sure you know it's a fun platformer it's pretty neat and all that but like i don't think this is a <laughs> quite the piece of art people were writing about it as at the time you know it's yeah, good this game doesn't just this game doesn't reinvent the wheel john it breaks the wheel <laughs> it kind of reminds me of braid like where everybody was like oh my god this game's ending and the story it's it's so incredible but like two years later nobody gave a shit about braid <laughs> i think people still gave a shit about braid it got a lot of praise you know i think people kind of I don't know, came up with more clever fucking <laughs> endings for games than that. <laughs> but people still, uh, they still get braided props. I'm not saying it's warranted, but, you know, at the time, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have to be the best at doing something. Sometimes you just gotta be the first. Like, uh, first game to, I don't know, institute a bunch of arbitrary rules against you and then, I don't know, break the game and call it an ending. <laughs> I do like that you can't go left thing. Jumping d doesn't count. You can jump and go left. You just can't. It's like specifically you can't walk left. Oh, okay. I, see, I was going to ask. I'm like, I'm sorry. That really sounds like unless it's a situation where the screen, you, you, know, you can jump from 
the right and reappear on the left side of the screen. That sounds like it really fucks everything up. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, you can't do that. Uh, you can go left. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a fun you know it's so it's basically it's a it's a get to the exit kind of game. Like you have a bunch of platforms. There's an exit. You gotta get there, right? Um, and each stage is pretty short. Uh, the the time limit for most of them is like sixty seconds or or well under. You know, a lot of them are like thirty or twenty seconds. Mm. Um, and like I said, it gets it gets hard. There's some very very tricky jumps. I like this one snippet of review here. Um, Fraser McMillan of uh, Gamasutra called the game quote almost more liberating than open world AAA games. <laughs> What wow. the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's something about a Flash game that has rules that limit you being more freeing than an open world game. I, I think there's a thing where in the game, you know, quitting the game is it's also part of the game or something like that. Like I said, it gets a little meta, and I think that's that's probably what where he came up with that. But it's also like, oh, dude, come on, man. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a little much. Wait, uh, Johnny, I'm sorry. You tell me a games journalist from 2009 or so might have been trying to be too cute and clever in their review of something? <laughs> no, yeah. No. That's <laughs> never <Yeah>. so. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we can call this a real gem of a game. Uh, very, very good soundtrack. The soundtrack is very catchy. And uh, I think uh, Metal came up with a good pick here for the, uh, this episode. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really uh, it was a kind of easy request to guess, since it was literally the only request. Because after the last episode, nobody asked anybody for any requests. <laughs> Muddle just jumped in there yesterday and said this. I was like, oh hey, cool, smart move, Muddle. Um, yeah, you know, a winning strategy. Sometimes <laughs> notice <you> that. <laughs> Notice that requests were not asked for and offer one. Sometimes the best so, way to win is you don't have to outrun everybody else. You just got to outrun the bear. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just put the number on and cross the finish line of the Boston Marathon. By the time anybody knows what happened, uh, you pretty much got away with it. <laughs> that's, that's the true secret. Sometimes you win by doing the bare minimum. Yeah. Bare minimum. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I was getting at. So yeah, that's all about all I have to say on that. Um, oh, David mentioned Rivals of Ether. This also um, this also a stage uh, that shows up in Super Smash Land. Um, right, Johnny, be honest. Is this segment longer than the game you've talked about? Like, uh, possibly the game's like maybe. Uh, I saw a complete playthrough video and it was twenty minutes. Twenty, okay. Yeah, you know, we're not gonna do twenty. And that's a good amount of deaths. <laughs> you know, like if yeah. you do this with no deaths, I think you're talking like eight to nine minutes or so. Right. Yeah. If you just yeah know the game and how to follow all the rules and not fuck up anything, maybe you can speed run this thing in uh, faster than we've talked. about. It does have a speed run mode where it times you and everything. Well, yeah, Johnny, break sounds it like out. something for you to uh, to get good at, Johnny. Stream it right now. Uh, I'll just take my face off the screen. You see if you can beat it within, I don't know, the, the rest five, of the ten show. minutes. All right, oh. I'll find a computer with Flash on it still. Yes, please do. <laughs> I know you've got one in there, Johnny. I know it. That's yeah, the hard part. It, it, I mean, you've got a Flash drive, right? That's not the yeah, same. Yeah, that has it in there. This, no, just plug it in. That's not how it works. I think it is. It's a Flash drive, Johnny. Yeah. So, Why yeah. would they name it that? Yeah. What's the... What's, what other implications could that word have besides this drive has flash on? It's like uh, it's like the relationship between Java and JavaScript is nothing but marketing. <laughs> what are you talking about? 
I don't know what you're talking about. I don't care. <laughs> so, Is that coffee? Yeah. That working on your screenplay while you drinking a cup of coffee? Yeah. Game four. <laughs> So, um, the developers of this game stated on their official website that, uh, their development kits arrived three months prior to the release date for this game, uh, where it served as a, a launch title in the U.S. for its console.
Alright, we got John locked in, Jesse locked in. Alright, so let's see. John said some Sega Saturn game, and David's on the same track with something on Sega Saturn. These are both incorrect. Jesse says Cosmic Carnage, which is correct. <laughs> this is Cosmic Car Carnage, a launch title for the Sega 32X. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Wait, are we calling that a console now? Yeah. <laughs> you feel strong about that, aren't you? <laughs> the the 32X could be a standalone thing, right? No. <laughs> no, it no, it was the Sega CD that could be standalone. No. <laughs> they're both okay, add-ons. The they're Sega both add-ons to the Genesis. <laughs> so this is Cosmic Carnage. It's a fighting game, um, and it is. It's got some kind of neat features going on here. It's got uh, that sort of zooming in effect that Samurai Showdown has, where you know as you get closer to each other, you zoom in and get more details on the characters. Uh, probably to take advantage of the 32x's built-in like sprite scaling capabilities. Uh, well, yeah, and I mean, Carnage is a cool-looking character, so you want to zoom in and see no. all the, like, the, the tentacles, the, you know, the, the symbiote kind of ness of it. Yeah, different Carnage. It's not that one. Different Carnage. Unfortunately. Different Carnage. There's not a single character actually named Carnage in this game. Oh, okay, so it's, uh, Carnage is what's taking place, it's not the character. Although, if you Google Cosmic Carnage, one of the pictures that comes up is Carnage on Silver Surfer's surfboard. See, which that's... Is Pretty fucking amazing. Mm. Okay, so that's yeah, not what this is, unfortunately. No, not <laughs> at all. No, no, I was about to say, I was like, wasn't there a cosmic carnage? Kind of like cosmic Spider-Man. Can't you? <laughs> God, can you imagine Carnage, Silver Surfer, fucking fucking up Galactus, and then Galactus getting covered in Silver Symbiote and becoming the ultimate '90s planet-eating badass? Oh, God, could you imagine Carnage and Silver Surfer? On the 32X. I mean, I'd like I that. Yes. Fucking, I, I would have played the shit out of that <laughs> had I had known what a 32X was. <laughs> so yeah, there, you know, there's the big problem. Of course, is the you know, the the, uh, the elephant in the room is the 32X. Like all these uh, fake ass Marvel games we're talking about sound great, except they're on the 32X. They could be on the 32X for all I know. Yeah, I think the real. Um, elephant in the room is the fact that like you're more likely to have an actual elephant in your room than you were to have a 32x in your room. <laughs> I'm more likely to be covered in space symbiote than I am to own a 32x. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, a a neat feature of this game is half the characters let you customize their armor before you fight. You have a uh, light or heavy armor that you can apply to either the leg, body, or arm, and that actually affects what special moves you have available. And like how the character moves and things like that, it's pretty, pretty, pretty weird. Um, yeah, put some ankle weights on and kick the shit out of somebody. Basically, yeah. And then, <laughs> but then the armor can get like knocked off, and when that happens, your defense like goes to shit, and you can get beaten up real, real quickly. Um, true to life. Whereas the other four characters are just more like balanced. Um, this no, so wait, they, so wait, there's characters that just get no upgrades, and then there's characters that have applicable upgrades that can be destroyed. Yes. Do they become then the like the base level like the other characters, or are they are They're, they worse? They become than the other worse characters. than the other characters if they lose right, the armor. Of course, yeah, because the balance thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. 
I don't like that. <laughs> and um, I feel like I would just stick with the character that can't get fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and there's uh, there's no um, like boss characters, which is kind of lame. You just because the the story of the game is uh, a group of prisoners um, on a like ship to go take them off to go serve on a mining colony, over overtake the ship. Uh, and they realize they've kind of fucked up the ship in the process, so they ram into another spaceship to try and, uh, use their distress signal, but it turns out that they've, uh, basically are now in the pro- like, both ships are falling apart, and four people from one ship, the people with armor options, and four people from the other ship, the people without armor options, are fighting each other to get the last escape pod and get out of there. So, so it's made of car- cosmic carnage, as it were. Yeah. So the interesting yeah. thing about this game is um, your ending is based on how quickly you beat it. So if you take too long to defeat all the other fighters, you don't have enough time to get into your escape pod and you die anyways. Oh. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> but, that really sucks. But if you beat the game in under like 20 minutes or so, um, then you make it to the say, escape pod in time. Is- is there a countdown timer or something persistent telling you to fucking hurry up, or is this just something you learn by losing the game? You just, at the end? You just learn by losing. Oh, you gotta do it all over again. Blows. And then weirdly, like I would not. In the U.S. version, everything's an alien, but in the Japanese version, they replace a lot of the aliens with humans, um, like a complete redesign. Uh, like in the U.S. version, there's a character named Psylocke, and they're an alien like ant. Um, and in the live on a farm, <laughs> and then in, <laughs> and then in the Japanese version, they're just a brown-haired dude named Jake, <laughs> like like just a complete replacement. Wow. Okay, yeah, that's a big big change. <laughs> <laughs> I do like. I'm um, I'm looking at the characters now. There's one named Damon, uh, who is basically a xenomorph but with like hot rod paint. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> and in the Ameri- in the Japanese version, he's just some blonde kid named Matt, who's janitor at MIT. <laughs> and then I do like this character, Naja, who is like a sexy snake woman, but her bottom half is like a robot snake tail. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of into that. Yeah. Yeah. In the American, or in the Japanese version, she's just a convenience store clerk named Linda. <laughs> crazy with, her, with like a vest that's her armor <laughs> got, a, got a pane of glass in front of her <laughs> she, her attacks just involve sliding you change and yeah um i love this quote from a former sega of america uh executive producer mm. said the company you know was rushed to get the game you know out on time for the 32x launch and said quote when cosmic carnage showed up we didn't even want to ship it <laughs> it took a lot of convincing you know to ship that title because uh, the game plays like dog shit. It is very slow. Um, and on top of our, it already kind of being a slow fighter, it slows down more <laughs> as things happen. Like, you'll be oh, in the good. middle of a special move and everything just slows down. Oh, cool. It does have fatalities. <laughs> uh, okay, and, well, now I'm back on. Like, you, yeah, you can... Um, basically, if you use your, your character's, one of your character's special moves to finish off somebody... Uh, you'll dismember them in some way, like their head falls off, or you cut them in half, you know, things like that. Cool. No, no I mean, not falls off, pops off. I feel like there's a big okay, difference between falling like, and popping. I, I love the idea of somehow their head falls off. <laughs> just casually. <laughs> <Boom>. Oops. <laughs> not again. You know, Linda, you're really beating the shit out of that guy. <laughs> Stop, his head's falling off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. 
<laughs> it was like that when I got here. Yeah, jeez. He <laughs> tried to rob the store. I had to get him. Oh, don't him. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Linda's from uh, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Beats his ass with a hot dish. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, this sounds like it should be something more cool than it is. Again, it, you know, I think a lot of the problems with this stem from it being on 32X. Um, but then also, I mean, I don't know, would it run better if, you know, we're fucking programmed for another system in less than three months? Maybe? God, they got, I don't know. <laughs> they got the 32X dev kits three months before launch. Jesus. Really funny, man, that's fucked up. That's why I thought it was a Sega Saturn thing. I'm like, oh, they fucking surprise launched it on them. Yeah, like, you know, surprise, hey, this game, this system's coming out this weekend. I hope you have a game ready for it. Like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> but, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, f- you know, Sega's famous 90s idiocy with <laughs> console launches and things. Like, But, um, yeah, man. How many games are there for the 32X, Johnny? Can you count them on one hand? Uh, no, I think you need... Uh, I think you need three or four hands. <laughs> okay, just checking. I, I, you know, I can never remember how failure, how much of a failure the Sega 32X was. Uh, let's see. I am double checking. There were a total of forty titles produced worldwide. Ooh, man! Um, Eight human hands. Oh my god! The, oh, oh my god! The hold on. Less of a failure than the Virtual Boy. Only ten were released yeah. in North America, so you can count. <laughs> All the North American releases on two hands. See, I thought I was on the right track with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring in a toe if I'm mistaken. But yeah, I think it's like ten. Wow. Oh God. What a. And then six of those games require the Sega CD as well. Oh wow. I like how they released ten games in North America, and one of them was the one that had three months of development time. Yeah. And guys, we have to put this out. Yeah. <laughs> the North American market is clamoring for this. Both of them. They really want the game. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. I misheard this. It was 10 were only released in North America. Hold on. Uh, okay. Was- okay. Hold on. 34 were actually released in North America, so it's not as bad as we thought. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't remember it quite being the like failure on the level of the Virtual Boy, but it's like second, like it's the it seems like the second largest fiasco of the nineties. Yeah, no, it's up there. Yeah, I feel like Sega's like up there on all counts of like console fiascos in the nineties. Okay, yeah, they put except the Virtual Boy. They, they put this. I mean, they put the the thirty two X out in like uh like November ninety four, um, and then <laughs> when did the Saturn come out? I feel like it was less than a year or only a year or something like that. It was. Yeah. I won't say it was like you know June of '95. They announced it at fucking E3, and it was there. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So release date for the Sega Saturn November. Wait. Hold on. November twenty second, ninety four in Japan, and this was released in North America November twenty first, ninety four. This was released the day before the Saturn got released in Japan. Oh my wow. god. <laughs> They're really bad at this. <laughs> wow. I, Why I did they was, bother? I knew it was close, but holy shit. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, th- at that point, why not, since you only gave some of these companies three months to make the game, why not be like, listen, guys, I'm sorry. We're pushing it back five months. Here's a Saturn dev kit. Fix your shit and make something good. <laughs> like, nah, better crank out a fucking 32X game. Like, 
That's wild, man. Man. Uh, <laughs> oh uh, we can't just dump these in a landfill somewhere. We have to try and sell them. I don't know. Like, you know, can't strip them for parts and use that for, you know, future fucking Sega things. But, you know, it'd be, you know I, I told people to expect it. They'll be embarrassed. I'll be embarrassed if we don't release this 32X. <laughs> and then I love, so, so Cosmic Carnage came out in Japan in January 95 after the Saturn was already out in Japan. Like... God damn. Well, fuck. <laughs> what a mess. 90s, baby. Sega. Fucking up. <laughs> it's, uh... <sighs> Man, that's fucking silly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, because, like... I do know. The Super <laughs> Nintendo launched in 91, and there were still NES games coming out in, like, 93, 94. Yeah, it, yeah so but that's... the Sega 32X wasn't... The NES. <laughs> so you had the NES so, was the most successful game console of all time. Plus, the big difference here is the 32X and Sega Saturn came out one day apart, and they're both quote 32-bit systems. Yeah, like that's going to create just all, like you didn't have this. It's not like they released a add-on for the NES and then a day later the Super Nintendo. Like it's not like they right. said, "Oh, here's the thing: you plug in your NES to make a 16-bit." Uh, oh. And the Super Nintendo's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, this this would have been like if Nintendo released a tablet controller for the actual Wii, <laughs> and then a day later released the Wii U. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it would have confused people and, and become a big fiasco. Like, <laughs> uh, except again, there's not really a comparison. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the Wii has sold more units than... Uh, the Sega Genesis, but, you know, yeah, nobody's going to buy a pricey add-on to their old system when in a day you have a new system coming out. <laughs> like, it's downright silly. <laughs> and then also, yeah, there's there's the PlayStation in the room. Like, you know, <laughs> people can all just move on from the Genesis completely and not fuck with any of this crazy shit and buy a Sony PlayStation and have one of the greatest systems of all time. Can, so, can we replace the phrase the elephant in the room with the PlayStation in the room? I mean, it's since 1995 or so, there's always been a PlayStation in the room, has there not? <laughs> like, it just, there simply is. In every household in America, and in, you know, many in Japan, I'd say there's a PlayStation in the room. It's much more common than an elephant in the room. <laughs> so, yeah, um... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia about some of these release dates on the elephants oh, on the Wikipedia yeah. article for the 32X. They have a picture of the Japanese Sega Saturn with the caption: "Japanese Sega Saturn released in November 1994. The 32X was incompatible with Saturn software." <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, the soundtrack for this game is pretty good. I do enjoy the Great soundtrack. Yeah, that was that was nice. Soundtrack's Dug pretty those nice. Tunes, baby. Um, I think it's taking yeah. advantage of the 32X did add some extra sound capabilities, you know, and, and I think they're getting to use that a little bit. It's, it's, it's nice. It sounds good. Mm -hmm. That first track, that like heavy metal fucking kickoff was awesome. Yeah. The rest of the game sucks. <laughs> Shame about everything. <laughs> don't, don't play the game. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Johnny, see, I love it when we pick these fucking real obscure fucking systems because it just gives us a chance to reminisce on how fucking dumb some of these things were. Like, <laughs> man, oh man, I just love thinking about how bad Sega was at business. <laughs> like, it's fascinating. It makes me feel more accomplished not even being a business person. Like, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur, but I've never fucked anything up like Sega fucked this up. Like, you know, it's great. <laughs> 
I'm not an entrepreneur, but I've never launched a 32X the day before a Sega Saturn. Yeah. I know not yeah. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no fancy businessman, but boy, I, I know not to do that. God, mm. when you take the time zone difference into account, it may have really been the same day. It was day. the same day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, that, that's probably true. It, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah, I stayed up till fucking four in the morning watching a wrestling show that took place tomorrow in Japan. I, you know, yeah, time zones are weird. Sega, fuck, <laughs> fuck this up. Man. That's some good shit, though. It was fantastic shit. Um, Johnny, what a pick! <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and you've played this? Yeah, you definitely own and play this, right? Game five. Yeah, man. <laughs>
All right, guys. So uh, unlike this game's source material, the majority of this game takes place in the distant future, only returning to contemporary time for the final two levels of the game. Who's feeling great? Always. Good. Show me those answers if you want to win. Uh, Johnny says Chrono Trigger, sadly incorrect. Jesse says Flintstone 64. God, I wish that I would love uh, Jetsons meet the Flintstones on the N64, sadly incorrect. David says Terminator 2 Arcade. Uh, he is exactly on the right track. This is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Known, of course, in the home console ports as Terminator 2 Judgment Day, the arcade game. Yes. Oh. So, um... <clears throat> yep. I just want to specify that it was the Terminator 2 arcade game. I mean, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Because it, it would be confused with other games if you didn't mention that it was the arcade game. And literally on the box for, like, the SNES and Genesis, it says T2, the arcade game. So, uh, yeah, you're right on. But this is actually the arcade game itself, the uh, stand-up cabinet with the guns. Uh, created uh, by Midway, and uh, it's one of the uh, raddest motherfucking arcade games of all time. I mean, like, I think we all played this at some point in the arcade, right? You're, you know, as a kid, six, seven years old in 1991 or so, uh, you see a cabinet with with Arnold on the side, with the big endoskeleton head, and two guns on it. 
you gotta at least go up and pretend that you're playing it without putting a quarter in it. And then you get to actually put a quarter in it and play it, and it's, you know, it's a fucking shooting game in which you shoot a bunch of Terminators in the future. It's rad. Um, tell me, tell me I'm not the only guy that fucking loved T2 the arcade game. You in know, addition to that T2 the movie. Cool. Yeah, it's great. My issue was I went, I went to the arcade and I saw this, and then I looked over and I saw Revolution X, the, um, the uh, Aerosmith arcade you game. A, you had to make a tough decision, I Johnny. play that every time. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> there was, and this is going way back, I'm sure all of our fans across the country will love hearing about this. At the Bono's Barbecue in St. Augustine, Florida, there was a back room right before the bathrooms that had, like, five arcade machines that they rotated. This was definitely one of them, because I have very distinct memories of playing this and Street Fighter 2 and, like, Ikari Warriors Mm. while going out to dinner with my parents. Like, No, I played the hell out of this game. Yeah, no, this was uh, this was definitely at the Putt Putt Golf here in Tallahassee, Florida, when I was a young boy before we first moved to St. Augustine, and uh, yeah, because you know, I was living in Florida, in, or I was living here until 1994. So yeah, there was Terminator 2, the arcade game there, and I gotta imagine this is just one of those games that like everybody had to play at some point. It's you know, it's not very good. It's a midway game, you know, but it's just it's too good-looking guns on a big black arcade cabinet. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, it, it. it's drawing you in with the power of Arnold and these two fucking Uzis. Like, it's not like Lethal Enforcers or fucking Area 51 where there's a blue one and a red one and, the, you know, they're clearly toys. No, this has black Uzis on it. This is fucking metal as fuck. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> like, you have to go stand there and play this a little bit. Um... And I seem to remember, like, there was there was the trigger in the gun, but like in the the barrel that you held, I remember there was like a button that you could push for like special attacks or oh, something. Yeah, if you picked up the grenade launcher, you would squeeze the front button and use that as like your secondary attack for sure. Um, but yeah, man, it's just uh, one of life's simple pleasures. Uh, putting your hands around a fake gun and shooting things on screen with it. Well, hold on. Um, does this game allow you to put your hands around a fake gun and shoot things uh, to crying? Yeah, no, <laughs> or I don't want to miss a thing. God, no, it doesn't. Um, yeah, you know, time hasn't been very kind to Aerosmith? anything. Oh. <laughs> uh, Aero, I was going to say, you know, Aerosmith or Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I, I think it's still kind of undeniable that Arnold Schwarzenegger always has been and always will be cooler than Aerosmith. And especially... Isn't Aerosmith in the Hot take. I don't appreciate that hot take. Uh, you drowned out Jesse's question. Sorry. Wasn't... Aren't Aerosmith in the news recently? Uh, I don't know. I haven't fucking heard anybody mention Aerosmith in the last 15 years or so until just tonight. Um, uh-huh, let me check this newspaper here. Oh, it says here. Hold on. Aerosmith, far cooler than Arnold Schwarzenegger. What? <laughs> what a headline! I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I thought I, I thought already was in trouble for something. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. 
Um, I love the idea that that's the front page of the paper, like <laughs> the Baltimore Sun. Kevin McCarthy, not elected Speaker of the House. Aerosmith, way cooler than Schwarzenegger. (laughs) (laughs) Above the fold, baby. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say, especially, not even Arnold Schwarzenegger, but the Terminator itself is cooler than Aerosmith and always has been and always will be. Like, Terminator (laughs) 2 is one of the fucking greatest movies of all time. It's easily... Like maybe the best action movie of all time. It's one of, if not my favorite movies of all time. And it's not just personal bias. Aerosmith's not that cool. <laughs> like Terminator is cool. It's got metal skeletons and guns and shit. Aerosmith has bandanas and fucking yeah. You know, I'll, I'll give them the hot videos in the '90s with you know uh, what's their names? Uh, Steven Tyler's own daughter and. Um, wasn't Alicia Silverstone? Alicia Silverstone, one? yes. You know, uh, you know, hot girls in videos uh, for fucking forgettable songs. Good for Aerosmith. Terminator Two, fucking one of the greatest cultural touchstones of the 20th century, made by the uh, most successful filmmaker of all time. <laughs> so, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I great. don't recall hearing Arnold Schwarzenegger say, "Mrs. Carbopel." I really need my drumsticks. That's my best art impression. I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you were doing Arnold in the Simpsons episode? You weren't doing Steven Tyler? <laughs> well, because one, Steven Tyler's not the one asking for the drumsticks. It's the drummer, or whatever his name is, asking for the oh, drumsticks. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jeez. But Jeez yeah, Louise. yeah, no, Arnie never said, Mrs. Kabapple, I really need my drumsticks. Okay, well, the drummer from Aerosmith is somewhat cool. Uh, however, the Aerosmith as a whole, I, I really hate you, Johnny. Huh? I was trying to get through this like somewhat quick, and you've made this now fucking Terminator versus Aerosmith, and I don't appreciate. That's it my favorite all. arcade cabinet of all time. <laughs> See, that was that one was the much less played version. <laughs> that fucking Terminator Aerosmith crossover machine. Uh, fucking. I mean, I'll be honest. I do love some like rock power ballads, but at the same time. Aerosmith doesn't have stop motion robot skeletons. Like I nope. kind of got to give the point there. Yeah. Does it, is anybody in Aerosmith made of polyluminetic liquid metal that can take the form of anything it touches? Oh, I think at this point Steven Tyler is yes. <laughs> but <laughs> at the time, Steven. no. But now, yes. Steven T one thousand. Yeah. Uh, no. Our uh, Terminator's great. The fucking you know movie's great game uh that's you know what i was trying to get to before fucking the aerosmith the uh, hour um it's a midway game and so they use the same uh photo capture stuff as they did for mortal Kombat. oh that's cool and they actually captured fucking some of the actors from the movie uh eddie furlong and fucking linda hamilton and uh they appear in the game they're like running around and like setting bombs and stuff and destroying shit uh, it's actually pretty cool um the game itself, you know, I, people say, oh, you know, it's kind of faithful to the movie. I'm like, the fuck it is. <laughs> like, it takes place in the future for most of it. Like, it's faithful to the opening of the movie, <laughs> which in, you know, Terminator 2, the movie lasts three good minutes. Like, uh, and then you're back in L.A., baby. This one, it's like, yeah, half the, half the game, you're blasting Terminators in the future, which, I mean, really makes it a good companion piece to the movie. Like, 
Right. It's an expansion of that opening of the movie where, you know, in this you're playing in the future and blasting a bunch of fucking Terminators. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of cool like that. It fills in the the missing details. Yeah, the, the parts that, you know, the movie kind of glossed over, the game expands on that a little bit. See, but, like, the movie's just so effective. All you need to see is a robot skeleton foot crush a human skull and then a couple of shots of things happening in the future, and you're good. You don't need to actually play an arcade game worth of it. <laughs> like, it's it's cool, don't get me wrong. But, you know, it also speaks to the issue of adapting Terminator 2, you know, just, like, whole cloth into a shooting arcade game. If, uh, if it all takes place in, you know, the 90s of Terminator 2... It'd be weird to be shooting the entire time, like, you know, shooting up a mall, shooting up the L.A. River, shooting up this and that. Like, it, it makes sense that they had to adapt it and be about the future, and then you get two levels set in the 90s. You know, you get Cyberdyne, and you get the Steel Mill, and you get to kill the T-1000. That's all you do in the 90s. We can't have all this fucking action. We can't, you know, photograph these 90s people and have them get shot. No, no, no. You know, we're not shooting up an insane asylum in an arcade game. That would just be too rad. <laughs> so, yeah. Can't kill Dr. Silberman. We didn't fucking do motion capture on that guy. Shooting up an you insane know. asylum? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, you didn't make it an Aerosmith thing. Um, fool. <laughs> Shooting up in a safe asylum. That's crazy for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's Terminator 2, the arcade game. It's great. Yeah. Uh, movie's great. We should watch it sometime, guys. We should do a movie night. Just do a, an actual good movie. Like Terminator 2. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. Said T2 on the brain. I felt like uh, felt like making a T2 free play jingle, wearing my T2 shirt, and playing T2 music. Um, it's uh, mm, it's my fucking it's my mood going into the uh, nearly <laughs> nearly the year of the distant future of Terminator 2. <laughs> it's not you know thank thank God the future scenes in this game don't take place in 2023. They're in the far off year of 2029. Thank you very much. Mm. Oh, so yeah. We're, uh, we're nowhere near Judgment Day. We can still avert it, guys. We just gotta crush the microchip and destroy the hand and blow Robert Patrick into a pile of molten metal. John, I so, do all those every day. <laughs> thank goodness, Johnny. Yeah, that's, uh, that's why it's important for you to be living where you are. The constant T-1000 threats uh, and the constant destruction of old Terminators. Man... Thank God for you, John. Dude, that Inner Harbor full of old Terminators. Yeah, just nothing but old Terminators. Can't yeah. swim in it. Go down, go down to the water a little bit. Bunch of human skulls being crushed under Terminator feet, uh, but dead Terminator feet, thanks to John Regan. So, uh, God, John Connor, eat your heart out. We've got John Regan. We're gonna be just fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyway, great game. Um, do we want to, you know, end on that note, or uh, you know, we got something else in the tank? What are we, what are we thinking, guys? I got a little more in my tank. Good, David, Jesse, what are you guys thinking? Let's <laughs> see, so how's your tanks? Just shoot off screen to reload, and let's do a bonus game already. <laughs> Thank you.
Uh, all right, guys. So uh, in this game, uh, the player can unlock uh, doctrines, which are permanent upgrades that affect uh, you and the uh, the characters around you, uh, providing them with uh, new traits. Um, anytime you unlock a doctrine, uh, you have to choose between two, and they're mutually exclusive, so one gets locked out forever, and you got to plan them carefully. And they're divided into five subcategories, sustenance, afterlife, work and worship, law and order, and possessions. feeling pretty good okay good sheepish Mm -hmm. i could see that i could see that uh johnny says cadence of hyrule sadly incorrect jesse and david both have the correct answer this is cult of the lamb indeed not Um, a bad guess hey yeah hey fuck you um you, uh, you, I don't know, bleat my expectations of you for, uh, guessing this game. Hey, fuck you! Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't know, Jesse. I thought that was kind of a weak joke. I, I sort of expected better from you. Oh! A little bit of the bubbly! Indeed. Um, yeah, so, uh, the wool has been pulled from our eyes. Uh, this is Cult of the Lamb. Um... A uh, interesting game that came out in 2022. I wanted to bring it on as a bonus game as an opportunity to mention that we just put out the best of 2022 mixtape. Uh, it's in the main feed and it's fantastic. Uh, and this soundtrack is pretty fun and fantastic. And I featured a few songs from it in that uh, that mixtape. And uh, people that, you know, eagle-eared listeners that listen to that mixtape before, uh, you know, this live recording tonight or before listening to this podcast might recognize a couple of those too. 
Um, really cool soundtrack for a cool little game. Jesse, have you played this yet? Not yet. I, I want to. It's one of those games that I feel like will come to Game Pass eventually. Oh, the, see, that's the thing. I wasn't sure if it was on Game Pass yet. It looked like a Game Pass game. Yeah, it does. It looks like that's why I'm kind of hesitant to buy it because mm. it it feels like a very Game Passy type game. But oh, we'll yeah. see. All within that Game Passy. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, sometimes though, Jesse, even the, the most, you know, strident of Game Pass followers, they gotta pay a little money for a game on the Switch or on Steam if they uh, they really want to play it, just to put that out there. But yeah, this Oh, probably, I definitely do. I yeah. bought Splatoon 3 recently. I, I can't play that on Game Pass. So. That's true. You know, that one, I guess that's the thing. You gotta kind of decide to buy games that definitely won't be on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um... Because, yeah, this uh, struck me as a game that was probably already on Game Pass. I thought maybe Jesse had already played it. I'm guess, excuse me, guessing that Johnny and David uh, have not played it. In the case of Johnny, have not heard of it. Uh, yes, to both. Cool. David, any uh, any in- inkling towards playing uh, Cult of the Lamb? Um, have you seen the main character and how cute it is? Well, that's the thing. Like, I was looking this game up, and I saw the main character, and they look absolutely adorable. Mm-hmm. And then I was seeing, like, oh, it's a, like, roguelike game where you have to, like, get sheep to join a cult for some demons. Like, that that adorable main character is not going to stay adorable, are they? Uh, I think no, they, they do. They do stay pretty adorable. That's kind of the crux of the thing. It's a really cute little lamb running a cult for some kind of uh, demon. I mean, obviously doing some uncute things at some point, but no, it's pretty well, you, cute little lamb. You make your followers do the uncute stuff. That way you stay for cute. Sure. Um... See, and that's the thing, I, you know, I haven't played it yet, and I didn't, you know, I was hesitant to, to bring it on, but uh, someone suggested it after, uh, you know, listening to the mixtape, and was, you know, saying, hey, you should uh, use some of these games that you chose for the 2022 mix, and either put them on GTT Radio or put them on the show, and I was like, fuck it, I'll do one of them at least. Neither! Um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna murder you instead, that's uh, in line with this game. <laughs> You know, how about instead of you suggesting things to me, I sacrifice you to our god. Hmm? Yeah. Um, oh, Gabriel, yeah. thou art in tuna. <laughs> <laughs> um, please accept this offering of uh, one of our greatest patrons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it seems really cool. Like you know, I, I don't know about the roguelike uh, you know aspect of the game, but I just like the whole. I don't know, managing your little cultists and uh, making them do cute things and having to choose, like, you know, the, the traits and things that you're going to adopt. Like, one of the early ones in, like, the Law and Order trait is you have to choose between either just being able to murder somebody out of nowhere or kill them by performing, like, an ascension ritual in front of everybody. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, hold on, what's the difference? The difference is that if you perform the Ascension Ritual, they die, and it gives all your followers loyalty. Like, they're like, you know, hey, wow, he just ascended, and, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, this demon god is real. Hell yeah, cults rule. Whereas if you just want to get rid of somebody and murder them, it's like, you just gotta murder them when nobody's looking. And, you know, then the problem's solved, and that's that. He's gone. I'm like, that's kind of fun. <laughs> like, it's the same outcome, but, uh, you know, one's easy, but one's, you know, one's beneficial. You know, I like that. Well, you know, and all the all the little doctrines have little uh, little trade-offs like that, that, you know, 
it feels like it would make it a, a fun game to kind of play, uh, you know, I don't know, like multiple times, you know, different uh, different doctrines each time, or I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't know if uh, there's like a right and a wrong one. Like, if one of them is like critically important, like you got to be able to resurrect your followers versus fucking, you know, uh, have a devoted funeral for them or whatever. I, you know, I don't know if you must do certain things in order to win the game or if it's like, yeah, try it again, but this time instead of murdering people, have the have the ritual. Like, I don't know. It, uh, it, you know, it piques my interest. It seems, uh, seems like kind of game that uh, I'd like to give a shot to at some point. Yeah, but see, I also I worry though, it, you know, I need to look into it and see just how violent and like weird it gets because like the cute little lamb is just so cute. And I know it will draw my son's eye, even if he's like distracted by something else and I'm playing games in the other room. If he comes in and sees a cute little lamb dancing around, like that's, you know, it's just gonna draw his attention. And if then you have to like stab somebody in the back or like cut their head off or something, it's just gonna get weird. And it's just- Well, how you know, else, how else is he gonna learn to be a cult leader? Well, that's the thing. I, you know, I kind of like him to learn not cult stuff. Like, you know, there's, we can talk about cults later. And maybe, maybe maybe I'm just being obtuse about this. I don't know. Maybe you know, teaching a five-year-old or a four-year-old a you know young age the good and bad about cults. Maybe that's a good idea. Uh, like, Dad, what, what what's happening? Cults, son. Cults. Yeah. This is cults. I don't think I'm any part of this. Do you do, yeah. do you want to you know kill people? No. Well, then don't join a cult. Okay. Maybe maybe it's a good thing to teach him at a young age to just be more discerning about what cult he picks. Like, <laughs> you know, son, it's fine to choose a cult. You just gotta. Yeah, there's a trade-off in all these cults. <laughs> Wait, is it? Yeah. Is it fine? <laughs> look, look, look out for the Kool-Aid. Look out for any kind of like cloth triangles or so. Or like, you guys, know. I feel like it's a good time to announce that coming this summer is GTT Town in South America. <laughs> oh God, here it comes. <laughs> Johnny Jones gonna take us down to South America. Uh, drink the tuna juice. Um, yeah. So, um, Episode title. Yeah, you know, everybody that joined Game That Club is already in. <laughs> so, you know, if you join Patreon, subscribe at the five dollar tier, you get a plane ticket to South America. <laughs> so we have an uh, exciting announcement. We are changing it. It is no longer Game That Club. It's now Game That Cult. Yes. <laughs> well, no, see, David, you, you, there's a there's a taboo on calling it a cult. That's the thing. I think you got to kind of maybe. Can we spell it with a K? Ba- yes, there it is. And we could call it the Cool Kids Cult. Yeah. Mm. GTT.KKK. <laughs> uh, you know, they'll, they'll flock to it, man. And then we take like them seagulls. to South America and we make them drink the tuna juice. And then we come back to America and we do a normal, you know, cult devoted to video game music instead. <laughs> um, so, you know, let's indoctrinate a bunch of clansmen, kill them. And then uh, <laughs> come back to an America with slightly fewer clansmen and enjoy video game music. That's game that tune, cult baby. Win um, win. You yeah. know, I was I was kind of against this idea, but the more that you're talking about it, I'm kind yeah. of in favor of this. Yeah, See, yeah, the problem drinking is, the Kool Aid. You know, any clansmen that are watching this right now, they're gonna know what our plan is. So we're gonna have to really uh, I don't know, scrub I this sh- episode. <laughs> I was I'm so announce that you're just killing clansmen live on YouTube. <laughs> I'm just so disappointed that there's no dot cult that we can buy. <laughs> Did bitch. you check with a K? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> That's the crux of the whole thing, Johnny. It's got to be, a, uh, yeah. 
Killer Cult. Um, also not available. From outer space. Man. Damn. I can't believe Dot Cult is not a domain. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, this game looks cool. Uh, I like how cute it is. I like how weird it is. And the soundtrack's just fantastic. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, yeah, I want to look into it. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on it for like a Switch sale. You know, Jesse, obviously, you know, get, get back to us as soon as it drops on Game Pass. Let us know how it goes. But, um, yeah, just a you know, cool little weird game. I think it's already got a background on the radio, so I think somebody there plays it. Fucking probably Taylor or somebody. Um, it's, uh, it's a cool little game with a great little soundtrack. And, again, it's part of the Game That Tune Best of 2022 uh, mixtape that just hit your podcast feeds. You should go listen to the Best of 2022. Nearly four hours of fantastic video game tunes. Uh, the, you know... It's just a fantastic little mix that we uh, we put together. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun tunes from a lot of fun games last year. I'm looking forward to, I don't know, catching up on some at some point. I, uh, I didn't do a lot of gaming in 2022, but uh, just making that mixtape re-piqued my interest on several things that I overlooked. So it's, uh, it's good. Good tunes all around. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's time, Johnny time you know there's no cult truer on game that tune than the cult of calculating computer all spelled with k's um so let's just go ahead and start that uh start that up calculating computer activated computers beeps beeps scoring complete this game's winner is That's right. We're back. And some things never change. David remains king of the show. What do you know? New year, not new David. New year, same king. Oh, yeah. yeah. New year, who dis? Mm-hmm. Um, fucking lose God. my number. <laughs> uh, I should have I used that for the folder name. Oh, nuts. Anyway... Uh, come up with something more clever than that for a theme for our next episode, David. I'd love to see you do that. Well, you know, it's um, the beginning of January, uh, where I what, am. What? It's uh, it's pretty cold, and I'm trying to think of something to combat that. So soupy I games. Think, I think we need to <laughs> Dayquil games. <laughs> I think we need to uh, heat stuff up and have games with fire. Hmm. Man, really wish I hadn't used Terminator 2, the arcade game, this week, baby. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of flaming skeletons to uh, to keep you nice and toasty in 2029. Dude, but, same uh, with Cosmic Carnage. One of the characters, like, their heads on fire. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Does it matter what use, kind of fire? Do we use all our fire games tonight, guys? Uh, Jesse, no. If it's mystical fire, sure. If it's scientific fire, if it's fire that you get from drinking too much tuna juice that's fine too wait so you're saying like burning butt pisses on the table like you know Ooh. you know proverbial fire like uh you know heartburn indigestion upset stomach diarrhea uh yes john if you can find an indigestion heartburn game 
you can use it. <laughs> oh, and how. <laughs> Heartburn games. I like a challenge, baby. <laughs> Hot one's the game, you say. <laughs> I guarantee you the Kobe the Maid, Captain Noble, and made a uh, Tums game. <laughs> made an IBS game for Tums. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, cool. So, um, bowel movements. No. Fire. Crohn's disease. <laughs> Uh, just a little squirt in your pants. No, it's the theme is fire. <laughs> um, great theme, David. That'll keep us nice and warm in this chilly, chilly January. I uh, I appreciate that. That's good. And I appreciate everybody for listening. Man, what a show it's been. Thank you, everybody, watching live with us. We're live on every Wednesday. Uh, we're at Twitch. We're at YouTube. We're at Facebook. Search for Game That Tune. I think you know, maybe at some point, Johnny, we'll figure out some way to do an own cast broadcast as well. I feel like we're leaning into this whole decentralized internet thing. We should probably do that, right? Yeah. Maybe just, you know, put us on the radio, fucking force people to, you know, stop listening to the radio, watch us. Man, that's a good idea. Yeah. Hmm. Johnny would love a new programming project. He's not busy. Fuck. <laughs> he's, he's definitely not sheepishly looking away from the camera as I mentioned this. I'm not about to go on fucking four months of jury duty. Yeah. You could bring your computer with you, right? <laughs> I, I don't think so, John. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. It'd be really funny if you're just running GTT radio from a grand jury courtroom. <laughs> uh, guys, you got a fiber optic cable in here. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you everybody watching live with us. Thank you everybody listening in podcast form. Our uh, podcasts come out Tuesday mornings. They're at GameThatTune.com. They're anywhere that you get your podcasts. We love you guys listening, leaving reviews, enjoying, sharing with your friends. Uh, all the stuff that you do with our fantastic podcast. Thank you to everybody checking out Patreon. Patreon.com slash GameThatTune is, of course, the home for awesome exclusives. We've got uh, Game That Tune gems. Uh, we've got uh, Covered Up. We've got mixtapes. We've got movie nights. We've got all kinds of fun stuff. And you help us keep the lights on at the 24-7 video game music live stream at radio.gamethattune.com. That's gtt.rocks the home for video game music on the internet. Um, we just uh, appreciate everybody giving us uh, support on Patreon. Want to give a special shout out, of course, to our absurd fans on Patreon. Talking about Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Bradford Stevens, Daniel Perky, Taylor Y, Sam L, Grimmery, Phoenix Tier 2121, and Unsaddled Zebra, a fantastic group of patrons at patreon.com slash game that tune. I uh, want to thank our requester again tonight. The request was taken by Johnny, and it came from... Muddle Madness. Yes, Muddle Madness, a.k.a. Patreon Absurd Fan, Daniel Perky, a.k.a. Jesse's Game Pass, Sugar Daddy. Uh, mm. A fantastic fan of Game That Tune. A fantastic requester. Uh, make your requests where Muddle did in Discord. Look for that uh, link in our show notes or on our website, or you can make them at GameThatTune.club. We uh, really like to... Get some more activity going over there. Trying to take over that Fediverse, baby. You know, trying to centralize the decentralized internet via GameThatTune.club. Um, so the the key to that is, of course, making requests for Game That Tune. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for the show tonight. So David's got bonus tunes, and I can't wait to hear what he's got. I assume it'll be something hot. Um, what better... Then a song from someone who literally spits fire. This is a remix of Bowser World from Mario 3D World by Kumu. Oh, I thought you were talking about Dylon, but uh, that's good too. Uh, we love you guys. Peace out, everybody.
New Super Mario Bros. U is copyright 2012 Nintendo of America Incorporated. Chained Echoes is copyright 2022 Matthias Linda and Deck 13 Interactive GmbH. Tower of Heaven is copyright 2009 ASCII Soft. Cosmic Carnage is copyright 1994 Almanac Software. Terminator 2 The Arcade Game is copyright 1991 Midway Games Incorporated. Cult of the Lamb is copyright 2022 Massive Monster and Devolver Digital.